0: Welcome to Love Beyond. This podcast is powered by the National Day of Prayer Task Force. Subscribe and listen on your favorite podcast platform today. Visit
1: unitedinlove.org forward slash love beyond.
2: Welcome to the Love Beyond podcast, where we are loving like Jesus through loving beyond. My name is Kenita Rutley, Director of Intercultural Prayer and Missions the National Day of Prayer Task Force, and I'm joined by my incredible co-host, Mr. Mark Slaughter, Director of Evangelistic Partnerships for InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. This is a space for which crucial conversations will take place that will strengthen the church to walk in unity as the Word of God mandates for the people of God. Love Beyond is powered by United in Love, an initiative of the national day of prayer task force birth to bring the body of christ together toward prayer care share living today we are talking about defending our religious freedoms we're at a very critical juncture in the body of christ in this nation where we are called to stand firm on biblical truth and some may not be aware that there is an organization that advocates for the rights of believers by defending the church and its liberties legally. And that's Alliance Defending Freedom. And so now we have one of the most impactful and influential voices that can speak into this. And that's none other than Mr. Marcus Harris, Director of Prayer Initiatives for Alliance Defending Freedom. Welcome, Marcus.
0: Anita, thank you for having me. Thank you, Mark. This is, I'm really excited to be with you today.
2: Oh, we're excited to have you. I've had the privilege of hearing you speak in the past, uh, not too uh, long ago in St. Louis. And I mean, it was so powerful. packed I actually had to speak after you and I was like, we can just give the <laughs> benediction right now. <laughs> it was so powerful. Oh my goodness. But there are so many important things that we want to unpack to inform our listeners, to inform their prayers and their action. And so let's just delve right into our discussion. Um, So for those that aren't familiar with Alliance Defending Freedom, would you explain your overall vision and primary strategies?
0: Yes, well, uh, Alliance Defending Freedom uh, is a ministry that started in 1994. It was started by 35 Christian men who wanted to build a ministry that defended religious freedom, but also kept the doors open for the gospel. And thankfully, um, since that time, ADF has grown to be the largest uh, legal organization in the world that defends religious freedom, marriage and family, free speech, parental rights, and the sanctity of life. And those five specific areas here at ADF, we call generational wins. So overall, what we're looking to do in keeping the doors open for the gospel is to win in these these areas. What we consider a generational win, Uh, a generational win, not only changes the law and culture of a nation, but it also preserves freedom for future generations. And we do that by taking focused action. Uh, So, as I said, we want to change culture, right? So we we look at not only changing what's happening in the courts, uh, but also legislatively uh, on the federal and the state level. We also looking at look at changing. Uh, the culture via media and public opinion as well, reaching out to the culture. Uh, we know that we need to change hearts and minds as well. We can win all these cases, but if hearts and minds aren't changing, what what, what difference really is it going to make in the long run? And then last but not least, and probably most importantly, uh, we want to make a change in the church and make a difference in the church and helping the church to advocate for these generational wins that are really close and near to the heart of
1: God. Amen. Marcus, that's wonderful. And, you know, that that's quite a compelling and, and I think a very comprehensive vision, a long term vision for our country. Um, I, I know I, I read in one of the blogs that you'd written that uh, you quoted A.T. Pearson one time, and that's a wonderful quote, one of my favorites. But where he said there's never been a spiritual awakening in any country or locality that did not begin in united prayer. And on this call, we have a lot of people very passionate about prayer and spiritual awakening. I'm I'm curious, you know, we're living right now in this time of great division and polarization and chaos in our country and culture. How do you see prayer for spiritual awakening really aligning with ADF's uh, efforts in the courts?
0: Yes, well, as I said previously, it is uh, important that, that it's a both end. It's changing both law and culture. Uh, Thankfully, ADF, we have won nearly 80% of our cases Uh, since 2011. uh, We have won 13 cases in the Supreme Court. Uh, If you know how hard it is just to get a case heard in the Supreme Court, uh, the fact that we won 13 um, is really really amazing and astounding within itself. Uh, But we also know, as I've already mentioned, uh, that we can win these cases. But we also need to see law and culture change as well. And so for us, prayer, as you you know, you said the quote, prayer is the catalyst, is a catalyst of spiritual awakening. Um, you can look at any of the, the great awakenings here in America, really any awakening or revival in the world, in world history. And you will see the common theme of a people who got hungry enough to see God's face and pray. And they believe what he said that, you know, he will, you know, hear from heaven, forgive our sins and hear our land. You know, the, the scripture always called 2 Chronicles 7.14. And so we know that we need, we, it's a both and we need a movement in the courts, but we also need a movement of spiritual awakening. And we know this as well, that spiritual awakening is also uh, is also a leading or an on ramp to societal transformation so all the ills okay. that we see in society right uh, aw Tozer once said 10000 uh, ills would be you know healed in society if people had a right view or a right knowledge of god and so if we see a movement of his, of god's spirit In the culture, we know that that will also lead to a change in the course. That will lead also to a change in media and entertainment and all the areas of society uh, that really shape and form uh, our our opinions and our way of thinking and living. Amen. That's so powerful. I think what would be
2: helpful as well is for our listeners' awareness. Could you share with us a, a pivotal case where Alliance Defending Freedom has advocated? for Christian freedoms and maybe share what the outcome was and how that has actually impacted the trajectory of your work
0: and the impact on the church? Yeah, that's a great question. And I would say the case that ADF is known for the most is Jack Phillips, the Jack Phillips case. And uh, Jack is a a cake artist. Um, He takes his craft uh, very seriously. He uses his craft to honor God. Um, you know, and he, he's a devout believer and a devout Christian. And one thing about Jack is that he serves all people, but he will not promote all messages. If that message is contrary to his beliefs in Jesus and as a believer, he will not promote that message. And he was, you know, he's very consistent about that. So Jack will not use his gift to design uh, a custom Halloween cake. He won't he won't design anything, any cake that has that contains a degraded message in it. And he also won't design uh, anything that goes against his beliefs on marriage, uh, including same sex unions. And so that's what um, that's kind of what led him to um, to basically be persecuted uh, by the Colorado Human Rights Commission uh, to um, because he would not uh, make a cake for a same sex union. And so um, thankfully uh, we got Jack's case all the way up to the Supreme Court and he won. And Jack mm-hmm. is one of many creative professionals that we're defending uh, who um, are currently, or either they have been, um, try to be forced by their government, whether it be the state government, their state government or their city government, to be forced to, to be forced um, to. Um, promote a certain message that goes against their Christian beliefs. And I think all of your listeners would agree that nobody should be forced or compelled to promote a message that goes against their beliefs in Jesus.
1: Amen. That's a great word there. Well, thank you, Marcus. You know, your role with Alliance Defending Freedom, too, is uh, you're the director, as I understand it, the director of prayer initiatives for Alliance Defending Freedom. And Uh, What a tremendous uh, responsibility you have, and and I saw where you're leading a prayer initiative that's called Generational Winds, and so I wonder if you could tell our listeners more about what about the uh, Generational Winds prayer initiative and how can people get involved?
0: Absolutely. Well, as I mentioned before, the Generational Winds are those five areas of of sanctity of life, marriage and family, parental rights. Free speech, mm-hmm. um, and and um, I, forgot, I forgot the I almost forgot the last one: parental rights, free speech, and marriage and family. Uh, so it's important that we we defend these five areas, right? And so the Generation Wins Prayer Initiative, our goal and our vision is to mobilize and equip between five to ten million Christians to pray for freedom's future. Um, if you think about where we are right now. Uh, We're not just trying to win for our comfort, for our own comfort in our time. What we're doing is we're trying to leave a lasting legacy uh, for the generations that are to come. You know, Psalm 145 verse 4 says that one generation will declare your mighty acts to another. And that's what we want this prayer initiative to be. We want to declare to the generations that are to come um, that God is in the midst of you and he is ruling and reigning. um, but we have to also stand up for truth as well. We can't put truth on the side and expect uh, that the generations will follow in that truth. And so for us, we're really all about making sure that we uh out to God now for the sake of generations to come. And so what we're, what we're seeking is to get churches and individuals to sign up for this prayer initiative. So if you are a pastor or a Christian leader out there right now, you lead a ministry or a church, Uh, there's a way that you can get involved. We we ask you to sign up as a generational generational wins prayer catalyst. And we ask you to do two primary things. Number one, we ask you to promote the generational wins monthly. And we make that very easy for you. Uh, We give you weekly prayer updates uh, that will help inform your prayers and fuel your prayers. Uh, So you don't have to worry about trying to come up with something. Uh, We'll give you all the information, social media graphics, so on and so forth. And, and so that's number one for prayer catalysts. We ask you to mention a generational wins monthly. Second, we ask you to, to at least host one generational wins or prayer gathering focused on generational wins at least once annually. Um, that shouldn't be too hard. Obviously, we know there are only 52 Sundays in a year. So we're not trying to take a Sunday from you. You can choose to, you can decide however you want to, to host that prayer gathering. You can do it with just people in your church or you can do it with other churches coming together to pray. But we ask you to host one and you can host it on just one generation win. You can host it and pray for all five. It doesn't matter. But we'll give you resources to do that as well. And if you're an individual out there um, and you're just passionate about prayer. You're an intercessor, which all of you are. Um, you can sign up as a prayer mobilizer, and liter- literally, all we're asking you to do: give us your uh, name and your email address, and we'll give and we'll send you weekly prayer updates uh, to help you pray. And so um, you can go to uh, forward slash prayer to sign up. Once again, that is adflegal.org forward slash prayer to sign up. In addition to that, we just launched our Facebook page. So if you go on Facebook and you search ADF prayer, once again, that's ADF prayer, you will see the generational wins prayer initiative page. Go and like it, please. And and follow us. We'll put some great content uh, out on the Facebook page as well.
1: Oh, that's tremendous, Marcus. Very specific, concrete ways that our listeners can be involved and really make a difference in prayer. So we thank you for all you're doing. It sounds like a lot of good momentum going on there., uh, so that's Absolutely. tremendous. Uh, well, in a specific situation, um, there's a there is a very important case right now before the u s. Supreme Court regarding an abortion law in Mississippi. And uh, I wonder if you could just tell us uh, why why is this case so important and what is at stake, Uh, what efforts are being done by Alliance Defending Freedom, and and also, again, how can people really pray uh, regarding this case?
0: Absolutely. So this case out in Mississippi is called Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization. Uh, And just to, you know, give you why this is so important, uh, this case has the potential to overturn Roe v. Wade in our nation. Is that important and that serious. This case stems from uh, a law in the state of Mississippi that was enacted back in 2018 called the Mississippi uh, Gestational Age Act, which basically limits abortions uh, past 15 weeks. Um, And so what this law does, not only does it protect mothers and babies, but it also protects the integrity of the medical profession as well. Uh, To keep doctors from performing these heinous acts, Um, some of the acts that you know that you know, we know that abortion is a heinous act altogether. But some of the procedures they have to do to basically end these babies' lives, and so um, this this law is is really impactful. And we know that at 15 weeks gestation, that babies can feel pain. Um, You know, they they you know they can hear outside their mother's womb. There's a lot of different things that. That a baby at at 15 weeks gestation is experiencing in the mother's womb, and uh, we know that all life is sacred from the moment of conception. And so, uh, we believe that um, this case is going to be very vital. um, And we need to pray. And something that we have done, um, ADF has that we've joined along with other organizations and mainly different denominations. Let me just say this: It's been amazing to see how the church, despite theological differences, have has come together to pray for this case. So we have not only Catholics, Protestants, and Orthodox, um, you know, we have different denominations like uh, the Assemblies of God, the Church of God in Christ, Southern Baptist Convention, um, and so on and so forth, and many others, uh, that they've come together to dedicate themselves to praying for this case. And one uh, important aspect um, of our prayer initiative Is that we're not just praying until the case is you know up until the case is heard. Uh, This case will actually be heard on December first. So December first has come up in just a couple of weeks, a few weeks from now. Uh, December first, this case will be heard in the Supreme Court. Uh, But we cannot be short sighted in this hour. Many times, you know, you get you get an opportunity like this, and people, you know. Up and, you know, before and up until the time the case is heard, they'll be gung-ho and excited and they'll pray. But we know this, that the case is not decided on the day that the case is heard. The case is decided after the days following the hearing, when the justices are meeting with their clerks and maybe even meeting together and discussing the case and, you know, coming up with their opinions. And so we have decided that we're going to pray until a decision comes down from the court, which will more than likely be June of 2022, right? Mm-hmm. So it's into next summer. So we're going to pray into them because this case is way too important for us to just be short-sighted and just pray up until when the case is heard. And so we, you know, these, these denominations of organizations, including National Day of Prayer, have come together to mobilize and equip believers to help them understand the case and to help local churches pray. And we have a great event coming up, uh, actually, uh, on Thursday, November 18th at 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, It's a national prayer gathering for the Dobbs case. Uh, And we have speakers such as Dr. Tony Evans, uh, Benjamin Watson, who's a former NFL player, but great pro-life advocate, Kathy Brenzel for the National Day of Prayer, uh, Lou Engel, Uh, and so many others. And so uh, this is important. As you can see, just with those names alone, there there are people who care so much about uh, what this case represents and what it could potentially mean for uh, the pro-life movement and for mothers and babies um, um, and for the the future of safeguarding life uh, in America.
2: Amen. This is an extremely crucial hour uh, for the church, and I'm so grateful for how you Uh, so comprehensively, so passionately, so eloquently explain that. Um, But it's also a reminder for us uh, that we are in a glaringly apparent moment in time within our culture where we have to boldly contend for the faith. And we're so grateful for the work that Alliance Defending Freedom is doing Um, But could you share for a a, a practical kind of takeaway for our listeners, maybe two to three ways that believers in their context can advocate for truth in their spheres
0: around them? Absolutely. And I think is, you know, sometimes we make these things overly complicated. And I think, you know, we, you know, just living out the truth. And loving people the way that Jesus loves loves us and calls us to love other people is really that simple. Love God with all your all your heart, soul, and mind and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, so, um, you know, one thing I would say, especially in in our divided culture right now, and not even just divided in the culture, but divided in the church. I mean, I mean, there's just okay. so much that that's happening right now. I, I would say this, uh, Kenita and Mark that we need to recommit ourselves to living out the Sermon on the Mount. I believe like no time before that, um, you know, we need to dedicate ourselves to living out the Beatitudes and what Jesus prescribes to us in the Sermon on the Mount. Um, and, you know, the Sermon on the Mount not only uh, has to do with our relationship, with our vertical relationship with God, but it also has to do with our horizontal relationship with others as well. Uh, and so we need to make sure uh, that we understand that, as James says, you know, James says, uh, in, in, you know, in his in his epistle, how can you love God whom you've never seen and hate your brother who you see every day? It's not a concept in the heart mm-hmm. of God. we can be good with him and have all these broken relationships everywhere. And really broken relationships over very trivial things. Now, when I say trivial, not that they're not important, but when it comes to eternity, they're they're trivial. So, you know, you've seen so many, um, you know, just relationship, um, just turmoil because of, oh, well, you voted for this person. I can't believe you vote for this person. Or, you know, what you believe about COVID or what you believe about this or that. It's just it is not conducive to the uh, to the community that Jesus has called us to live in. So we need to be dedicated to the Sermon on the Mount. And I think part of that is coming back to making Jesus our magnificent obsession, that, that Jesus is not an accessory to our lives. He is our lives. And we are called to dedicate ourselves fully to him at all times. I don't care what the culture is telling you. I don't care what the culture is, is telling you what truth is. The truth is Jesus. And he's called us to live to his standard, not to our standard, uh, not to, you know, your even your church's standard, but to the standard that he set in his word. Uh, So I think that's number one. Two is, is this, we have to be dedicated as community, community of believers to loving one another and loving one another doesn't mean being like just necessarily that we agree with everything that each other does. Uh, But what it means that we're dedicated to serving one another. You know, Jesus said, Jesus says the world that would, the world would know that the world sent me by your love. uh, The the world know that, that, that the father sent me, I should say that by your love for one another. Right. And so we're called to love one another in such a way, just as he loved us. Right. And shed his blood for us. We call, we're called to live a sacrificial life for one another. I think if we decided as a community of believers, to dedicate ourselves to, you know, Acts chapter two living, which is easy to talk about, but hard to actually live out on a practical basis. But if we actually come to this place where we live, Acts chapter two living, then the world is going to be drawn to that. With all the division that's going on in the world, even like the individualistic, you know, mindset of most Americans, mm-hmm. um, you, you see this individual, uh, you know, individualism rising, but you also see depression rising as well. At the same time and the correlation and there's a clear correlation that we have been separated from people, but we were made to live in community with others. That's right. Uh, And to be surrounded and, and to have that community surrounded by something that's so compelling or someone, I should say, that's so compelling that we'll be willing to give not only our lives for him, but our lives for one another as well. So I think we need to dedicate ourselves once again back to the magnificent obsession of Jesus and to biblical community. I think we do those two things then, then those two practical things then um the world will definitely change. That was a
1: that was a word. That was a word, Kenita. I agree. That Marcus you that summarized it so well, that magnificent obsession around Jesus right. in the center of our lives and biblical community that's lived out uh, that the, that makes the world stand up and take notice and say, why are those people uh, treating each other that way <laughs> and and doing so civilly and winsomely and lovingly, and then to, that to be so attractive beyond the, the church itself. Uh, you know, you, as you know, the name of this podcast is Love Beyond, and it really came out of a, the passion and prayer from the National Day of Prayer, a United in Love initiative, to say, how do we help the church be more united in living out? the love of Christ in our cultural moment in our world that we live in right now? And how do we show and share the love of Jesus beyond our differences, beyond our denominations, beyond things that divide us, beyond our cubicle, beyond our driveway? How do we show and share that love of Christ Mm -hmm. as we are proclaiming truth in the face of opposition? So I wonder uh, if you could give our listeners, maybe even just um, in the body of Christ, um, some kind of encouragement about that importance of not Acquiescing to Christian liberties being threatened, and yet to do that in a way that is really loving beyond what uh, people, what our culture might be suggesting, or beyond our differences.
0: Yeah. So you know, Paul tells Timothy in First Timothy two, he says, you know, pray for your king, pray for kings, your leaders, and those who are in authority. Um, you know, so that you may live what quiet and peaceful lives. Yeah. Uh, for it's God's desire that all men should be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. And so with that, um, in a very practical in a very practical way, uh, you can't have authority over something you don't or someone you don't love. Uh, and so we need to dedicate ourselves to praying for our leaders, uh, to uh, not picking and choosing just because oh we like that, we like them or we like their apostle or we voted for them. but no, the command is you pray for everybody. And if you note the context of what Paul was saying, you know, telling Timothy, who was the leader at the time of the Roman Empire when he said, pray, it was Nero. It was the emperor who was, you know, basically blamed Christians for burning down Rome and then basically persecuting them for sport and, you know, using, you know, just killing them at massive levels. And so we have no excuse in our hour not to pray for our leaders. Um, if he if, if Timothy and, and the church in Ephesus can pray for Nero, we can pray for all of our leaders here today. Um and so that that's number one. And then I would just challenge uh people as well to to understand that listen, even if the gospel work was changed, as Paul also tells Timothy, the word of God is not changed.
2: That's so right.
0: you don't have to fear. The repercussions of a culture, because guess what? The Lord is with you. He stands by you. And just on a very practical manner, I'll just ask your ask your listeners to to really ask yourselves, do you even know your neighbors? Do you know their names? once again, we we are so you know um, you know, individualistic that it used to be you would know everybody in your neighborhood. Now we don't right. even know the person that lives right next to us. Do you know their needs? Do you know, you know, before we try to go out and try to, you know, you know, save the entire world, have you have you prayed and interceded for your neighborhood? Do you know your neighbor? Do you know what's going on there, um, you know, in, in your neighbor's life? So I'll just say, you know, be intercessor for your neighborhood. Uh, serve your neighborhood. Find, find out the needs there. The easiest way to, to, to spread revival is to do it right exactly where you are, exactly where you're planted at that very time. And then, you know, obviously the church, um, you know, for the past 2,000 plus years has been uh, a great, um, you know, conduit for uh, good and humanity. And so there, there are just so many things that we can do, you know, in what we just came out of and, you know, and, you know some people are still in with regards to COVID, there's still much need. There's, yes. there's much need. And so, listen, there are opportunities abound, right? It's just about picking one. Don't overthink it. Don't, you know, don't, you know, don't overthink it. Don't try to, you know, overdo it. Just just be present. And sometimes fulfilling a need is just being present, just being willing to listen, be a listening ear. Um, So I just say, you know, find a need, find a need in your neighborhood, find that person. Who maybe you know? It seems like they're isolated, or you know, nobody knows. And it, all of, all of you, I guarantee, every single one of you has somebody in your neighborhood that you've seen and you wondered, and you've like, you know, I wonder how they're doing. Just going and being a person of encouragement, a person uh, of just uh, of just love to uh, love to people uh, will go far. You know, you have to start with the one. Before you try to reach the entire world, you have to be willing to start with the one. So I just say start with the one and then go from there.
2: Amen. Such a strategic and challenging call to action for all of us. I'm so grateful for that. One of the things that we also love to do, we understand that this is a Love Beyond podcast, And that the United in Love initiative is an initiative of the National Day of Prayer. And so we pray. (laughs) We don't do anything else. We're going to pray. And we love to close out each of our episodes with prayer. And we love to invite our guests into that as well. Um, And so, Marcus, we would just love if you would lead us in a closing prayer, uh, praying for the soul of this nation, because ultimately that's what Alliance Defending Freedom is defending. It's defending our Christian liberties and trying to usher in a redemption that will just save the soul of this nation and reclaim it for Christ. Um, And also just the work of Alliance Defending Freedom. We're going to be praying and our listeners will be praying, but we'd Mm -hmm. love if you could just close us out in a prayer uh, for those things.
0: Absolutely. So let's pray. Father, we thank you uh, that you sit upon the throne uh, and you have no rival. And you know every single issue that we face here in our nation. Uh, And we know that you have a desire to bring an awakening and transformation to America. So, uh, Father, we look to you today. uh, We turn our eyes to you today. And we say thank you for all that you have done in our nation. And we uh, look to you and expect great things from you as we seek your face. God, we pray that you would awaken your church. You would awaken us to your love. You would awaken us to your truth and that you would awaken us uh, to just uh, your desire uh, to to spread forth and show forth your glory in the earth, God. We pray that your glory would cover the earth as the waters cover the sea, and we pray that you would cover America now. And God, we thank you for uh, National Day of Prayer. God, we thank you for organizations like Alliance Defending Freedom and those and other organizations who are defending uh, these uh, sacred liberties. And God, we ask you that God you would keep us like. Lord, you would keep us humble, contrite of spirit, that -hmm. we would tremble at your word, that we would be those, God, who would would represent you and only you, that there would be no room for the flesh, that will only be led by your spirit. So we just speak grace, grace to the ministry of National Day of Prayer, of ADF, and other ministries. We say let grace and let mercy and, and let justice and righteousness be the foundation of these organizations. God, we ask you uh, that America would awaken awaken to the groan of all creation, that creation is groaning for you, and that, God, we would awaken to that groan, and we would cry out the same way, that you would, God, send revival to our nation, that you, God, would, would awaken us in such a way that Lord, people, masses, amounts of people, millions will come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And we pray all these things in your awesome name. Amen.
2: Amen. Wow. 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 What a powerful, uh, very necessary episode. Grateful for this discussion. And we're so honored. Mark and I are grateful for your time today, Marcus. Thank you for joining us.
0: Absolutely. It has been a pleasure. And I'll just encourage anybody who's listening uh, to, you know, in addition to signing up for the Generation Wiz Prayer Initiative, I would encourage you to invest your time and your effort in uh the National Day of Prayer. Um, get people, bring people along because this ministry is really uh doing a great work in in preserving uh The will of God in our generation and in America. So please, by all means, please uh, get get other people connected to the National Day of Prayer.
2: Thank you so much. We appreciate you greatly. Uh, You are a brother to National Day of Prayer uh, on so many levels, and we're just grateful for your wisdom, your insight, and your presence in this movement. And so we want to thank everyone for listening to the Love Beyond podcast. Stay tuned for future episodes that will ignite your hearts and your lives toward a prayer care share lifestyle. Follow the United in Love initiative at unitedinlove.org or on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.
0: Thank you for joining us today. We invite you to take this moment into a movement. Go live love beyond.